Hi and welcome to Emerging Markets Today. I'm your host, Ana Paula Picasso, and this episode is all about Brazil's fintech sector. So what happens when you mix digital readiness, a robust financial regulation, and the Brazilian entrepreneurial spirit? You get a booming fintech sector. For this episode, I interviewed Carlos Cazu Missão, the director of the GFT Group in Brazil, one of the world's leading companies in digital transformation for the financial sector. This is just the beginning here in Brazil. I think we have a country of uh, a lot of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs here. It's a, I think uh, the Brazilian people are entrepreneur by nature, right? So, so, yes. so it's very exciting. We talked about how the pandemic decreased the unbanked population, the success of challenger banks and digital wallets, also how the new instant payment solution by the Brazilian Central Bank called PIX is revolutionizing payments in Brazil, and a little bit about open banking and much more. Don't forget to check out Emerging Markets today and follow us on Twitter at Today Emerging. You can also follow me on Twitter at A underscore Picasso. Hi, Carlos. How are you? Hi, Ana. Very good. Thanks. And you? Uh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for coming to Emerging Markets today. You were the first Brazilian in this podcast, actually, apart from myself, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice, well, nice. It's an honor. Yeah, I had all the Brazilians in my other podcast, Blockchain Beat, but you're the first one here. And um, yeah, uh, you're calling from Sao Paulo. I'm from Sao Paulo too. So how is Sao Paulo this morning? How is the weather there? Well, it's 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 okay. It's pretty okay. Uh, we are we are in the in the autumn, so so yes. getting colder, yeah. right? So preparing for the winter. The winter yeah. in Brazil, as you know, it's not that it's not 25 that 25 degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so yeah. yeah. <laughs> The reason I wanted to invite you here, I saw you I saw an interview uh, in another podcast, uh, Mr. Open Banking. We are talking about the unbanked in Brazil and a little bit of open banking, which is I thought was very interesting. And I published a few articles about fintech, especially the unbanked population in emerging markets and in Brazil. So it would be really nice to get an overview about the fintech sector. Uh, I know this last 12 months with the pandemic, there's lots of been happening. Uh, people that previously were unbanked, they become banked. So we can talk a little bit about the past. I mean, the past would have been two years ago, one year, the year before the pandemic, how the fintech sector was with the challengers like Nubank. There's a big, is a unicorn, uh, became a unicorn in Brazil. So how was, how was the fintech sector, Carlos, before the pandemic? Okay, Anna, let me... Let me come back a couple of years before the pandemic. So yes. three, four years ago, uh, I think it's good to give you a, a context from the from the financial uh, markets in Brazil, right? Not only the fintechs, but to, in order to understand, we 
Actually, we uh, three, four years ago, Brazil was starting a, a, a race on the technology space for for banks. All the all the financial institutions were uh, accelerating their digital transformation journeys based on agile um, methodologies, right? In order to to increase the time to market, uh, launching new products and and using new new distribution channels based on new uh, and more modern architectures, actually. And everything behind that, uh, from a technical perspective, uh, was surrounding cloud, cloud journey, the use of cloud to, to, to take advantage of this, of this and uh, the open architectures based on use of APIs, you know, as the way of switching information and the way uh, we're going to use the services-oriented architectures. So APIs started to, to have a big, a big uh, importance and, and relevance on the on the on this uh, landscape. And and and, and the, in Brazil we have a very strong uh, sector, right? Very regulated by the central bank due due to the to the previous crisis we had in the past, in the last decade, we had a lot of uh, a lot of chaos around around economics, which had a, we had a good got a good result from this, if we can say this way, is that our our regulators became more uh, strict and more professional. So we have a yeah. very good and very strong uh, regulation uh, regulated in the market. On the other hand, we have the, the big banks. Different from from other countries, we have uh, a, a big concentration on the on the on the market here. So we have the incumbents, let's say five six big banks that yeah. uh, concentrates around 80 percent of the of the market share. And then we have thousands of institutions with the rest. And here we have the fintechs. This, this is spaces where the fintech started to, you know, to boil a new movement in Brazil, based on this technology that I mentioned, based on the new opportunities, and the and the as these technologies were more uh, dominated and cheaper, then we start to have a lot of entrepreneurs uh, trying to explore this this niche. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. then we, we start to have fintechs, startups. And even uh, not all of these fintechs and startups were small companies, you know. So, for example, you have a lot of non-bank companies, big retailers, cosmetics company, things like that, exploring this market, uh, releasing uh, banks and, and fintechs under their under their brand, under their group. So, so this is a very, very uh, innovative movement here in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what's happening in the last years. So then we have, for example, as you said, uh, examples like Nubank. So started as a, as a credit car uh, company now, and now it's a, it's a unicorn, as you said, right? And you have other examples like that. So, so this is what happened in the last years in Brazil. Very exciting, let's say. Yeah, it's very exciting indeed. Because so, it was a combination of good regulations and also the technology 
uh, that you mentioned, the APIs, that allowed companies, the non-traditional, let's say, banking companies to start and to thrive, really. You see uh, Nubank, for instance, now they have a, a wide range of products, credit cards, uh, in, in, like even insurance, they start to, to do that. And also related to that, Carlos, about digital wallets, could you give us an overview about digital wallets? Because uh, I, I, for what I've read, what I know so far is also a sector that's been really booming in the last few years. Uh, with different players. I think the big, biggest one that I know of is PicPay. So can you give us a little bit of an overview of what's happening in the digital wallet sector? Sure, sure. This is, this is a good point, Anna, because digital wallets is thriving here in Brazil because it's a way to handle digital money, right, in a cheaper way. So, so most of the fintechs and startups they are they are based on the use of digital wallets and and in brazil by regulation you can have a checking account a, a saving account and you can have a, what we call a payment account which is very less regulated or very less restricted in terms of of of, uh, of requirements from the central bank to mm -hmm. operate. Just a and quick is, just a sure. quick explanation about a payment account. Is the account that someone has and you just received your salary through that and that's it, you don't have any other products? It is not to receive the salary. Actually the salary you receive in your checking account. Okay. Okay. The payment account here in Brazil is basically is a prepaid account where you don't have credit limits you know you don't have uh, it's a prepaid example, account you said it's a prepaid account yes okay, you can okay. you can use you can use to to make transfers mm. and to make payments uh over over the app uh, uh, most most of them are using an app a, a light app uh, in, in, in the mobile phones so so this is the basis of the of the digital wallets here Okay, some of them can provide you a card, a debit card, but most of the cases you just use the mobile, and then you can have a, you can you can you can build some products on top of it, but most of them are very very simple. The quick pay is a is a is a is a good example as you said, right? And 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 this movement is start to is start to 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 get traction here in Brazil because this is the way this is one of the ways uh, that. The people there are not uh, inside the the, the, the banking um, movement can uh, transact money digitally. So for what we call the unbanked, right? Yes. So this is a very uh, easy way and cheaper way for these people to start having a relationship with a financial institution. Mm -hmm. And that's why, for example, big pay belongs to Bank Original. So you know, so this is this is this is very typical here. The big banks they are launching their digital wallets in order to explore this market. 
because even the big banks cannot reach to all the population and cannot have them all of them as clients. So this is a, a, a way to have this uh, to have to to explore this segment. I see. And I the see. and the good thing of the of the of the digital wallets Anna, is that it's it's becoming a very big and very interesting marketplace because all these platforms, all the digital wallets, wallets platforms are becoming marketplaces where you have, you know, uh, you have some perks to transact money between companies. So, so you can buy, you can transfer, and you can you can start consume financial services. All, all, all in all, everything in, in, inside this, this this digital wallet. So this is becoming this is becoming a trend here in Brazil. Of course, there are a lot of users, but the not not all of them are active users so far. So this is a challenge that we are facing at this moment. It's how to activate more uh, and, and monthly monthly the, users monthly active yeah. users for the right. for the wallet so definitely it's a very very it's a it's it's a it's a non point we are on a point of no return mm -hmm. you know, every big company and everything tech will work in some way with digital wallets yeah so what do you attribute the success of the digital wallets in brazil especially for let's say people in, in the low income, are they the costs also? There are, I know in Brazil, we have a lot of handset limitations. People don't have, people tend to have what we call it the mid range smartphones. They do have a smartphone, but it's not top of range smartphone. They have a limited memory capacity, etc. To, to answer that, it's important to, to give you some some numbers yeah. just to understand the you know the, the, the our our current stats here. We have around 40, 40 million unbanked people in Brazil. Wow, forty million! Wow. Yeah. yeah. The numbers are 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 hard to they are hard to to to, to confirm. Some people say third. 30, 30 million, some people say 40 million, some people say 50 million. Between 30 like and 40 million, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, but it's a lot of people. And why? What, what happens? First, because we are, we, we have very, we have a social differences and social different layers in Brazil. So, so, so the low income uh, population is big. And most of them, they are not uh, current banking clients, right? So, and they don't have, and most of these people are not uh, uh, using a, a, or having a good um, international internet connection. Yes, Our, there's another factor as well. You know, yeah, Wi-Fi penetration and 3G, yeah. mobile internet, yeah. It's an infrastructure issue, right? We have, as yeah. a, we are a big country, so as a continental country, you have we have uh, we have some some further places in the country that we we don't have the same infrastructure as we have in the big in the big cities. And in the big cities, we have we have a good infrastructure. However, we have you know like São Paulo, we have twenty million people living here in São Paulo. So, which which uh, make things becoming more. Uh, 
uh, selected, right? Not everybody has the same quality of uh, data connection. So this is this is very this is very structural in Brazil. So there is a there is an infrastructure issue that must be addressed by governments, by companies, and etc. But the way the way uh, what is happening now is that a digital wallet or a light or or or, or a light app uh, with financial services providing financial services is a good way to explore these people. They most of them have, as you said, mid-range smartphones. They don't have an iPhone and you know top high high ends or or even a, a, a good uh, device. So so. Why why these digital wallets are becoming so so popular here? First, because because the the the, the companies understood that to reach to these guys to this population, what what is necessary? It's necessary to have a to have a very good interface and light interface to connect with them, so and provide them access where they are. That, will, will, that they are compatible with their devices and that doesn't consume a lot of a, a lot of memory. Uh, yeah. Band. So when you say Maybe. light, you mean an app that would take up maybe one or two or three meg only from your phone memory. Yeah, yeah. But more than this, that are very they are very basic in terms of features and functionalities. Uh -huh. Yeah. They don't consume memory, and in some cases, the companies are paying back the the consumption, this consumption. You know, so if you are uh, interesting, what using, you mean paying back? <laughs> yeah, you, if you yeah, are like using rewards. My, my app, yeah, like you give if you everything you 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 charge on your internet billing bill for using my app. I will give you back as as credits, so you can use for free uh, my application. You know, so this okay. is something that are a way to engage uh, these people in the in the in the market. So, so for this, instance, this for instance, if I have if I'm using uh, a digital wallet, I have a mid-range phone. It probably I only have three or four space for three or four other apps. So I have that one as a light is a light app, like you said. And also um, another thing I haven't mentioned, I for, uh, forgot to mention before, that most people still have prepaid phones and mobile mobile data is still pretty expensive. So you have to be really wise when and how you're going to use your mobile data when you use your app. So it means, let, let's say I'm using that digital wallet and it's taking up my credits from my prepaid plan. And then I will receive this cup of reais back as a reward. Is that it? Exactly. Exactly. Because the carriers, the 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 the, the, the mobile companies, carriers. yeah, they have they have contracts and agreements with the carriers where they can charge uh, charge back this these credits. You know, so this is a way that people can consume your product uh, for free. Of oh, course, there is an investment. Yeah. yeah, this is an investment from the carriers and and then, but mostly from the from the financial institutions mm -hmm. behind these apps.
And so I didn't know this part. I knew the other things. So it's a very, very ingenious way to build up consumer loyalty because, you know, if I use the, uh, the specific uh, wallet, then I will have my money back or won't take up my credits from my plan. That's a very ingenious way to, to build cons- consumer loyalty. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The digital wallets are already being a success. But what's been happening in the last 12 months with the pandemic? I wrote an article also on the website, Emerge Markets Today. The acceleration of people becoming banked grew exponentially, especially because the Brazilian government was offering financial support for informal workers. And informal workers, I mean, people there use uh, their work cash in hand. That's very, it's a very big market in Brazil. It's not a secret. People just work with different things, selling or providing services and just working with cash. And so to receive the, the financial support, you had to have a bank account with Caixa. Caixa is the federal bank. It's one of the state-owned banks. So how did that how did that happen? People had to become banked overnight. Yeah, this is a good this is a very interesting uh, example and because in the last with the pandemic, what happened? As a as a poor country, we have a lot of people that lose their jobs or 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 reduce their incomes. Mm-hmm. So you know, so uh, poverty was was raising, and of course, like like everywhere in the world, right? We we need we need the governments to to help out these people, right? These vulnerable people. So so they launched the this emergency aid, right? So yeah, uh, to complement, yeah, to complement the, the the incomes for for these families. And, and and guess what? The way Cash Economica, the, the federal bank you mentioned, uh, they are responsible to pay uh, for it. And what they what they have done, they uh, created a light app, like a digital as a digital wallet. Actually, it's a digital wallet to pay for to pay these emergency ads. So they created in a very short period, in one, two months, they put this in place. And what happened? We had a creation of 100 million accounts, digital accounts, to receive that. Of course, not all of the 100 million was uh, active because, you know, everybody could create one or two. So so there's a a lot of um, confusion around that, but, but... around 40 to 50 million people uh, used the digital wallet account in, in the last year from Cash Economica. So, so Cash these Economica 40 and 50 million were new accounts. Were people new accounts created. That yeah. for people that created, a, they had perhaps for the first time of a bank account in their lives. Exactly. Most of them were for the first time using a, a digital wallet in, in an app. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and, and they, that's the way Kasha found to reach out, reach out to all these people, right? Mm-hmm. And 
then we have Pasha became from 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 one day to another became the biggest uh, digital bank in Latin America. Yeah, that's right. right. So basically that. Who would have uh, thought a federal bank, yeah, a state-owned yeah, bank, become the biggest digital bank? Yeah. Yeah, and then and now and, yeah. and of course now it uh, we are in a different moment. We don't have all these people receiving the emergency aid anymore, but but these accounts are there, and people yeah. started to see uh, the 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 possibilities of having a digital wallet, right? So they are and actually it makes people transact digital money instead of instead of currency instead mm -hmm. of cash. So, so this is a really interesting movement as it's well. You see that, you know, the, the, the usage of, of physical currencies is, is decreasing in Brazil. Yeah. So, so this is a kind of collateral or side effect from the pandemic. Nobody would, would under that, but it happened, right? Yeah, and, definitely. And, and he accelerated... Probably something that will happen in years. It happened in months. Um, exactly. So, exactly. so now, like you said, people because this emergency aid was just temporary, wasn't it? It was just for a few months and then stopped. But then you keep the people would keep their bank account, and then they start to see the advantages of having. Uh, you know, like doing digital banking for the first time, etc., is a great thing. And uh, for the future, Carlos, how do you see this playing out in the next couple of years? Anything you want to add about inclusion? Of course, yes. I think the future is is uh, promising for 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 the young people in Brazil because I think now, like I said, it's an is a point of no return. So, so all these people that are experiencing having a digital wallet and and using using digital money for for your daily uh, convenience and things like that, these people will uh, will become uh, active users for sure. Right? Even though with the end of the emergency ads and etc. Uh, at the same time, last year in Brazil was was uh, was very uh, uh, avoiding movement around the regulation. So at the same time, we had the privacy, the data privacy law taking place in Brazil, like the GDPR in Europe. Okay, data privacy law, okay. Yeah, we had the uh, instant payment regulation. So central bank created uh, uh, an arrangement, an architecture to make instant payment uh, from from a peer-to-peer -peer arrangement, right? So everybody can transfer money immediately using an application in your mobile. And we had the open banking regulation uh, started. We are at this moment leaving this 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 period, so, so we are we are uh, leaving the open banking phases in Brazil, and the open banking will will actually uh, kind of regulate everything that is happening. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna have some standards, some technical standards to it. Uh, we're gonna have some um, some 
facilities in terms of how to how to how this process will will be will be governed and 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 and, and structured by mm -hmm. by a, a, a robust and and secure architecture and uh and, and it and, and the most important the open banking regulation in brazil has a very important target which is democratize the access to financial services right so in the beginning we we, we mentioned the the, the, the very concentration of the market share in the incumbents. The open banking will start to provide uh, a more uh, competitive uh, situation for all the players in, in order to, to, to increase and enhance the, 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 the end user experience. So this is very important. So this is a target that the central bank uh, stated that is to create this democratization and to reduce this concentration. And, and I think it's, it's happening. I think it, it's yeah. hard to happen. And, 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 and that, that, that's why the future is, is promising. We are, everybody's eager to see how, how things will, will be settled here in, in, the, yeah. in, the lab, in the next years. Yeah, no, it's always a very exciting sector, the fintech sector in Brazil. Uh, sometimes it's hard to keep up. There's always something new happening in terms of innovation, new players, uh, even regulations as well. So the regulations are, don't say always changing, but they are changing, which is good. Like you said, there's, a, there's going to be a robust set of regulations for, for banking and open banking. And is there anything else you want to talk, Carlos? Like... Um, do you want to talk a little bit about peaks? I've seen lots in the news. Um, for people that are not fam too familiar with what peaks means, <laughs> can you just explain and how it and why it's so so important for Brazilians as well? Right, it's right. PIX, sure. yeah. The PIX is the is the, the PIX, is yeah. The, is the name for the it's the name for the instant payment. Uh, mm -hmm. In Brazil, it's a it's a regulated uh, uh, process by central banks, mm -hmm. by Brazilian central bank actually, uh, completely based on uh, API architecture, and this is uh, and, and the the purpose behind that is that we have a as 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 other markets right you have different ways to, to transfer money between accounts uh, some of them are more in the batch mode some of them are almost instant but not instant and the the the, the purpose here was first to provide a real time uh, transfer uh, arrangement in order to to, to increase the the, the economic movements right so you you cannot wait you know uh e-commerce uh, to, to to receive your credit to to ship your your product no if you pay with fix it's automatically you pay it's already there so it's immediately ship. Yeah. so things like that you can transfer i can transfer some money to you regardless of the bank we, we use so in 10 seconds, this money will be in your account if I transfer to you now. So this is 
this is the first point. This is the first uh, first big characteristic. The yeah. the the So lattice. it works as a P two P formal payment. You transfer yeah. money to friends, family, and also paying for uh, your shopping online. I was going to, instead of using credit card, if you if you even have one, uh, use the peaks and inst instantaneous. And I'm guessing it's more secure as well. Yeah, it's very secure because it's 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 a uh, it's an architecture created by the central bank. Right? So this is one. This is the first one, and it's evolving mm -hmm. from peer to peer. Now it, it it can be peer to peer, peer to B, peer to G. So you can pay government. You can transfer between government and people as well. You can yeah, pay your taxes, like utility yeah, bills, your your bills and everything. Yeah, your your any 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 government taxes you will pay. You can pay using using that. Okay. The second point is that it's it uh, for the end users is for free, right? So so this is a this is a the second element of the, the arrangements that most of the transfer you had to use. In Brazil, you had to pay for it, right? And by regulation, it's free. So my bank cannot charge me for transfer money to you using that. So this is good because it's it's a, it's another way to democratize the access and the use of the financial services, especially by uh, by the low income families and, and people. So these two elements, I think. It, it's very they are very important and and turn these uh the big the very innovative things, right mm -hmm. and the adoption is is incredible in, in a couple of months uh we had more than in the first month we had more than two billion reais and transferred by by peaks, right? So, mm -hmm. and this is uh, when the launch was in November 2020. November, yeah, November yes, 2020. November. So, uh, just a little bit over six months. Yeah, yeah. Brazil. And people feel safe to use, yeah, because uh -huh. there was That's a there was a big concern around security and yeah. and can I trust on this? So, but 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 uh, as we don't have a big uh, leaks or big uh, issues around that, people started to see that, yeah, it, it's, it's, it works. it's safe. It's safe, it works, it works. and it's yeah. for free. So so everybody's Why not? That. There was a very good move from the central bank to, to allow that, especially become free as well. And Carlos, is there anything else you want to talk about the FinTech, something I haven't asked you? Yeah. What I'd like to to mention uh, my final comments is that this is just the beginning here in Brazil. I think we have a country of uh, a lot of entrepreneur entrepreneurs here. It's a, I think uh, the Brazilian people are entrepreneur by nature, right? So so yes. so it's very exciting because now we have what is see in the past we were thinking about the future. But we are we, we didn't have the right technology, things were very expensive. Now what is season is a is is a moment where the technologies are already available. They are for free or very cheap in, in, in most of the cases. 
so so this is a kind of a very uh, the perfect uh, situation to 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 entrepreneur in Brazil. So uh, and we have a lot of opportunities. We have a lot of unexploited niches among young bank people, the different segments that are not uh, very well uh, attended by by their existing banks and things like that. So. So this is an exciting moment for for this. So I I, uh, I believe and we do believe as a company as a, as a consulting firm that uh, that Brazilian market will uh, grow a lot in in the next year. Like we are oh, we are in a new moment here that is very interesting, and thanks to that to, to the technology, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a good combination so technology and plus regulation. A plus entrepreneurial spirit of Brazilians. And so, yeah, Carlos, so now I want to talk to you about your company or the company you work for, the GFT Group. So can you give us a little bit, an overview of the work you guys do? Sure, sure. We are, we are a consulting firm focused on technology services and focused on financial, financial service. Right? We, we, we are a German company uh, we we are a young company we have 37 years old so so we have we are very focused on the digital transformation journey in in, in, in all the markets we are we are in, in Europe of course uh, in in North America and in, in Latin America and in, in the Asia as well and in all of these markets, we are we are very uh, pioneers in the in the digital transformation and on the uh, financial uh, markets regulation. So we we are uh, we are working very closely to the to the open banking definitions, data privacy laws, digital banking movements, fintechs, and start startups. Uh, 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 raising so so this is our this is our DNA right we are working very closely to the to the most innovative companies with the emerging technologies and and in, in, in an agile and scale mode so we are six thousand people in the world and, and all of them are tech service and and and, and we love the, the financial the financial markets so so this is our, this is us. This is GFT. And in Brazil, I, my last my last comment is that, uh, like in other countries, we are very close to the open open banking regulations because we do believe that open banking is a very structural movement, right? It's very strategic for the economic, not only for the for the sector, but for 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 the country as a as a whole, in, yeah. In, in as a whole, yeah. And we and uh, and we are. In Brazil, we are helping out to define those technical standards in Brazil, and we are helping our clients uh, with some with some assets that can accelerate that. Right? Uh, putting all of our expertise and know-how in working in other in other open banking markets in favor of the Brazilian clients. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's so. so that is it. Yeah, that's definitely Brazilian. The Brazilian market is very 
uh, like you said, there's lots of things happening, transformation, digital transformation happening. So you have lots of work there. <laughs> and if someone wants to, again, contact with you to know more about the GFT group, about Brazil, Brazil, about open banking in Brazil, or whatever they want to know about digital transformation in Brazil, uh, how do they do? And contact you via LinkedIn. Yeah, you can reach out to me or to GFT Group on LinkedIn uh, in our websites, uh, gft.com, easily. Uh, yeah, I'll and, put all the links there in the description as well. Your LinkedIn, the GFT Group website. Yeah. And, we are on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all the social medias as well. And we, uh, any contact, any medium you have, any contact you need, we we can we can provide the information and put the specialists in, in, in your favor. Okay, great. Sounds good. Sounds good. So thank you, Carlos. Thanks for your great overview about the Brazilian fintech sector. Yeah, maybe we do a follow-up episode in a few months because things have changed so much in Brazil. Thank you so much, Anna, and congrats for your for your show. Congrats for your for your blog. Uh, Thank very you. interesting. And thanks for having me.